He was a huge Iowa State football fan. And so it just so happens that ESPN has their college game of the week. And so he's there. He heard about this. 24-year-old guy, loves his, his, uh, his alma mater, his school. And so he shows up with a, with a big old sign. And this is a picture of, of Carson King right here. Uh, you'll, so you'll check out the sign, Bush Light Supply Needs Replenished. And then he has the Venmo, and uh, he had some more information. They, they kind of blocked that out. But the information was if you wanted to help him, you know, just get a case of beer or so, right? So what happens uh, is, is in a, just very short order, he begins to get texts from all over the place. And his, you know, he pulls his phone out, and he looks, and he's already got like over $400 on his Venmo account. And he's like, what? So he tells his friends, and his friends are like, are you kidding? You know, this is awesome. And about 20 minutes later, he's over $600. And so at this point, he thinks, well, wow, that, I'm, I'm not quite sure what to do. So he calls his mom and dad, and he, and he tells them about what's going on. And they say, well, you know what you ought to do? You know, buy your, buy your case of beer. But then after that, um, just give it to, why don't we give it to the children's hospital? Because it's a really, really great work that they do over there. And he says, it's a great idea. So pretty soon, it's up to 20000 And then it's up to 60000 so, yeah, yeah. If you, so Bush Light hears about this, and Bush Light says, we love this. We love what you're doing. And so we're going to match the funds that anybody else gives to you. And so they jump on board. Venmo hears about it. And they go, we love this as well. This is inspiring. And so they jump on board. And uh, just probably 10 days later, it's over a million dollars. So here, and I think it's still going. So here's a guy who just set off, you know, to get a case of beer, have some fun with his bros, and party a little bit, right? And then the next thing he knows, everything just blows up, and he's like, oh my gosh, I never saw this coming. So here, here's why I'm telling you this, because I believe that Carson King will never, ever be the same again. I believe that he experienced something that it was just so much bigger than he was. I mean, really, he's just looking to have a little bit of fun. Uh, I'm not sure about his choice of bush light. I'll you know, <laughs> talk to him about that sometime. Bring him to California, show him some what really fine beers are. But anyway, but that's, that's basically all that he wanted, right? And, and, and then that happens. And I, I don't know if, if Carson King is a Christ follower, but I think this may be the beginning of a journey for him. That, that he experienced something that was so much bigger than him. See, what happened to Carson is probably what's happened to some of you, and if it hasn't happened, I pray that it will happen. And that is that we do something that, that, that connects with God, down deep down inside of our soul. It's kind of like the DNA of our soul goes, that felt right. I mean, it was almost like the universe aligned when I did that. I, I did something, and it, and it helped other people. Now, we've been talking about wisdom, okay? We've been talking about what, what does wisdom look like? How does wisdom act? What is wisdom? Okay. And so we know that wisdom is growing to godly wisdom. We've been talking about godly wisdom when I bring life to other people. Remember, Jesus, when he came into this world, he said, I came to bring life. He came into a world that was filled with death, a world that was filled with racism, a world that was filled with all the problems that we've experienced today to a large degree. And he said, I came to bring life and to bring it to the full. And I think that when we do that, that is wisdom. This is what uh, Proverbs said. Now, who wrote Proverbs? It, it was King Solomon. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that he was the wisest man, the Bible says, that ever lived outside of Jesus himself. And so uh, in uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, 
for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior. Now catch the last part. And doing what is right and just and fair. That connects with God. That's wisdom. When you and I, be, when our life becomes about that, when it becomes bigger than a case of beer, when it becomes bigger than just me and my own and, and you know, my, my little life that's going on, and suddenly we begin to say, you know what, I care about justice and I, I care about what's doing right and, and I care about doing things that will make other people's lives better. See, wisdom is not measured by degrees. Some of you in here have some pretty big degree. We have some really smart people that, that go to this, this church and to our campuses all over a new break world. But, but that's not what it's about. It's, at the end of the day, it's about what did you do? What, what, did, what did your wisdom and your knowledge and everything, what did that translate into? So one time, uh, Jesus uh, he had a cousin. His name was John the Baptist. Most of you heard about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is out doing great things. He's, he's preaching hard, and people are repenting, and he's baptizing people. And then he speaks out against the king, and uh, they throw him in, into, into prison. So after a while, as John is in that prison, he begins to do probably what most of us would do, and he begins to wonder about Jesus, he begins to sort of doubt. And, and so he sends word out. In fact, let me read it to you. You'll find it in Matthew chapter 11, beginning with verse uh, 2. I'll start here. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds, now catch that part, about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect somebody else? So for the first time, he's going, you know, Jesus, and by the way, he's a cousin of Jesus, I, I believe in you, and try, but I'm beginning to wonder. I'm beginning to wonder about this. And so Jesus replied, he said, you go tell John that I'm blowing people's minds with my sermons. You, you go tell people that I'm confounding the Pharisees with, and, and really, I'm debating them, and I'm making them look bad. Is that what he said? Check out what he says. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed, and this is powerful, the good news is proclaimed to the poor, which is in perfect alignment with the mission statement that Jesus proclaimed in his own hometown of Nazareth one day when he stood up and he read some words from Isaiah and he said, this is what I'm all about, bringing sight to the blind, helping the, the poor, my, my whole life is about that. In other words, bringing life to other, other people. Proverbs 3, 27, 28 says this, do not, with, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you and you already have it with you. You know, I, I read those words and uh, it, it kind of convicts me. Because I'll, I'll be the first one to say, there are times that I see situations where I could intervene or maybe I should get involved. And, and probably just like some of you, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm just, you know, life is moving pretty fast. I don't, have, I don't know if I have enough time to get involved in that. I don't know how, you know, I, I have some resources. I could get involved, but sometimes I just walk right, right past things. And I have a feeling if all of us do a little heart check, maybe we might find ourselves there as well. But what does wisdom say? Wisdom says, hey, look it. If you could do something about it, you ought to do something about it. You don't have to analyze it. You know, you don't need a degree to get it done. He's just saying, this is wisdom. Do something about it. So, James, the brother of Jesus, says this. Who is wise and understanding among you? 
Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. So do you see a pattern developing here? James, the brother of Jesus, says this. He goes, this is what wisdom looks like. It's what you do that gives other people life. It's actually your deeds. So there's a direct connection between wisdom and the good things that we do and bringing life and helping other people around us. I want to uh, show you something that uh, Daryl uh, Larson said. Now, Daryl was, if you don't know Daryl Larson's, he is the missions director of, um, of New Break, all things New Break. Uh, we have a group of people that left here a few years ago with him. We went over to Fiji, and we did some water projects with him. And I'm going to, just in a moment, after this, this little video of him, we're actually going to do a, uh, a little demonstration for you. But um, listen to what Daryl has to say, if you would. There's a lot of sickness around the world that doesn't have a cure, but waterborne sickness is not one of them. And in 2008, Give Clean Water started right here out of New Break Church to impact the country of Fiji. We grew in our best practices and kind of were been plugging along the way for the last 11 years. But right now, over 2 million people around the world have been impacted by the Give Clean Water Way, where we are able to track reductions in diarrhea, that kids go to school more days, adults go to work more days, they save money on purchased water and medical costs. All of those things are part of the Give Clean Water Way. And right now, as we speak, the Fijian government has identified over 1,300 homes that are on the emergency list that need clean drinking water filters right now, and Give Clean Water is ready to spring into action right now to cover those needs. Just yesterday, another need came in all the way across the world from the country of Liberia. The ambassador of water to Liberia, who answers to the president, called me and said, hey, our president has commissioned me to basically check in with you so that you can help us bring clean water into every school classroom across Liberia. And I was like, let's, let's do it. And and what they basically asked for was that we would help them with the pilot to launch the first schools while they're raising the money from USAID and UNICEF and different places like that to cover the rest of those costs. So right now, as we speak, as we're finishing this year, we have some amazing opportunities, not only to get rid of uh, the waterborne sickness and eradicate those in the Fijian villages, but to be the first to start clean drinking water in every school classroom in the country of Liberia. So I want to invite you guys to come along that journey with us and let's change the world together. So I'm going to need a volunteer for this. Can I have one volunteer to come on up here that would help me with my water demonstration? Come on, be bold. All right, come on up here. All right. Todd, appreciate that. So Todd, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this, and I want you to fill it up with disgusting, dirty water right here, okay? And, uh, and you're going to pour it into this bucket right here, right? And like, do it two or three times, okay? Now, as he's doing that, so I was in, 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 I see James back there, and we had a group of people that went to Fiji a few years ago, and uh, Fiji has water issues. They have water problems just like a lot of countries around the world. There are one billion people who do not have access to clean water. So we went over there, and we used this very system right here that you're looking at, uh, and we would do this, uh, we, we, we would go from home to home and uh, show the people the water filters, and we would show how it all works. So... Um, what does that look like in there? It's not good. Yeah, you wouldn't, wouldn't drink it, right? <laughs> Pretty disgusting, isn't yeah. it? Okay. Gnarly. Yeah, and if anybody wants to come up here afterwards, look, you, you can check it out. 
So what I'm going to do is now I'm going to run this through this, uh, this water filter. All right? So we're getting a bit of a flow here. And this is what we do. This is exactly what we did in Fiji. This is what we've done in other places that we've gone to. So we've got this water that's <laughs> running, running through here. And um, am I, am I gonna drink it? actually, I would like you to drink it, okay? Well, you know what? I, I, I told people that I would drink it just because, you know, I think people came to see me die today. Okay, they, they weren't really sure, and they, they, I was there when Pastor Steve died, but, but it'd be cool if we both died. Grab my guitar then. Okay. okay. <laughs> it looks good. Yeah, doesn't it? Are, are you willing to take a chance yeah. on it? All right, I mean, Todd. Okay. <laughs> well, first of all, I want you to hold it up, and okay. how does it look anyway? Looks good. Doesn't it? Yeah, there's nothing swimming in there. And yeah. It's clear. Looks good. Uh, so give it a go. Yeah, it's good water, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, yeah, give me a hand, man. Hey, he was bold. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. And it, it's really, it, it's that easy. So we, we come into these people's homes. We, we, we bring these water filter systems. We, we talk about it. And then Daryl has a team that comes back six months later just to make sure that they kind of got the hang of it. Um, but, but this is so incredible. I, many, many times uh, we have come into homes and, uh, and we said, show us your drinking water. And, and it, does, it looks pretty bad. They hold it up and you, get, you see stuff in it and you're like, oh my goodness. And they're, they're, their kids are suffering from, from diarrhea and sometimes dysentery and there's just continued sickness. So we're able to change that by a simple act of, of bringing clean water. But he, you know what's even greater than that is it begins to open hearts. Many of the homes that I walked into, they were a little bit scary. They were Hindu homes, and they, you know, if you know anything about Hindus, they have their like gods all over the place, and they look sort of scary, you know. Um, but I just I felt kind of bold, and so in those homes, amongst all of the like Hindu gods and everything, I would ask the people after we did the water demonstration, I would say, "Is there anything that we can pray with you and your family about?" And every single one of them said yes, and had an opportunity to to pray for them. Now, I, I believe that this is just the beginning of opening hearts. It's wisdom, is really what it is. When we go to different countries and places and we, we say, we care about you. Well, let, let's talk some more. Wisdom. Wisdom directs me to equip others with the things that I may take for granted. So, as Americans, what are some of the things that we, in our first world, take for granted? Well, this is one of them right here, right? Like, nobody in, in America ever thinks about their water. I mean, we like, try to buy sometimes higher-grade water. We have water systems. And, but there are other things that we just absolutely take for granted. For instance, uh, like transportation. Probably not too many of you got up this morning and said, I have no idea how I'm going to get to church. Even if you didn't have a car, you could have Ubered it here. You could have ridden a bicycle here for some of you that live close. I mean, we just don't worry about transportation. But for some places, that's, that's a real issue. What about education? What about health care? I mean, again, most of us, it's like, yeah, you know, it's just it's not really on our on our radar because we live in the first world and most of our problems are first world problems. You know one of the greatest problems that people have in other countries is they don't have access to something that all of us have access to. We have an abundance of it, and that's the word of God, Bibles. I dare say that there are not hundreds, not thousands, not hundreds of thousands, but there are millions and millions of Bibles that are that are collecting dust all over America. We have access to the Word of God. We, have, we can go to, to, to a version, and you have 60 different translations of, the, of our English Bible. 60 different translations. We have as many Bible helps as you could ever, ever want. And yet, in, in other places, 
They don't have access to, to the Word of God. In Proverbs 3, verses 1, it says this, My son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my commandments in your heart. Now, for those of you that might have grown up in a church and you kind of have issues with the church and issues with maybe even the Bible a little bit, I, I want to I say something that will maybe sort of open your mind up a little bit, maybe even your heart up a little bit to this. A lot of times when we think of the commands, the first thing we think of is like, that's that thing that bothers me. See, it's all the do's and the don'ts. And maybe you grew up in that kind of a background. I, I, I don't know. But I want you to step back and maybe take a larger view of the Word of God and the profound impact this had, for instance, on America. Because until you go to other places in the world where they've never had the effect or the impact or the influence of the Word of God, you have no idea what life might look like in America today. Yes, our founding fathers had some influence in that way, and, and you know, some people have said we're a Christian nation, and some people say we're not a Christian nation. I don't know about that, but I just know we've been saturated with the Word of God, and I believe that the impact of that has affected our nation to the, to the extent that we're, for the most part, pretty civilized compared to other places in, in the world today. And, and so when people have, like, just to say the Word of God, the commands of God, what, what is that? That's God's way of saying, I want to give the world life. And here's how you have life. If you, if you understand my ways and my commands, you're going to love each other. You're not going to be a bunch of racist. You know, you're, you're, gonna, you're not going to be greedy. Uh, you're going you're to share um, you know, pr- pretty, pretty much all the things we learned in, in kindergarten, right? Like, be nice to each other. But see, in a lot of cultures where they don't have the word of God, that's not, not even a part of, of their mentality, and so I, I went to Papua New Guinea, and I, I see James back there, and he went with me, and there were a few of us that went to Papua New Guinea, and it's a culture that has not had exposure. We, we, we visited the Inga tribe, about 300,000 people in the Inga tribe, and just to, until recently, they haven't really had the exposure and had the word of God, and they definitely have not had it in their own language. So um, I'll, I'll let uh, my own words on video, and Daryl, um, speak, or actually this guy, the translator, talk to you, and then we'll talk about this in, in a minute. About a year ago, uh, I had the opportunity to do something that was actually one of the most extreme experiences I've ever had in my life. Now, you got to know that I love extreme things, uh, and I've been to quite a few different places, third world countries and things, and I thought that I had experienced extreme until I went to Papua New Guinea, uh, into one of the most remote places in the world. And we were there to see a translation team uh, do their thing and see how it all worked and see how we could support and help. And so... Um, the, one, of the, one of the nights that I was there, uh, I stayed in a bush hut, okay? This is an Inga tribe bush hut, and we were taking turns, and it was my turn, and so, all right, it's my turn, I'm, I'm going to do that. So I, that night, I, as I was in this bush hut, first of all, I'm, I'm not real good at that stuff anyway, but like, whatever, I'll take one for the team. I'm in there, and I hear, you know, the animal noises I could deal with, but what I heard, and, and you have to know this about the Inga tribe, there's a lot of violence, uh, and so I heard men fighting and rolling around and I heard, you know, cr- what sounded like cursing in their own language and this, this would like off and on through the night go on. I've never experienced anything like this. Uh, the, Adam uh, Boyd and his family, they live in a solar uh, powered house. There's no electricity, no restaurants, no nothing. And, and so I'm experiencing this and, and, and I'm watching the team and one of the most exciting parts was watching the translation team actually translate the Bible into Inga, and, and Adam will tell you all about it. It's incredibly complicated, but I had so much admiration for them as they worked hour after hour to translate the Bible in, into Inga. But here's the most powerful part that I experienced. So we had, a, we had a ceremony, and we actually had the Bible 
that was read to them in their own language. And so before that, I heard Adam talk to them in pidgin. And typically that's what they hear. They hear the Bible in this sort of a pidgin kind of language, a little bit of American thrown in with some other languages. But for the first time, I watched as they were hearing the Bible in their own Anglo language. And it was so, I mean, like it was visceral. I mean, it was like electricity spread across. There was hundreds of people. And I saw, I saw this. It's like they were just literally coming up where out of their seats and the people that were standing, their eyes got open. And it was, you could see tears. And I just, for the first time, I saw the power of the gospel when people actually hear it in their own language. It was one of the most powerful things I've ever experienced in my life. That's why I believe so strongly in translating the Bible and supporting what Adam Boyd and his family and translators are doing over in Papua New Guinea. And right now, Adam, in his own words, is going to tell you a little bit more about that. My name is Adam Boyd, and I've been serving as a Bible translator among the Anga people of Papua New Guinea since 2012, along with my wife Martha and our three kids, Jacob, Bella, and Asher. This morning, I want to pray with you the Lord's Prayer in a way that you have probably never heard it before, so pay close attention. The Father of us, who in top sky stands, say, speak well the name of you. Say, the ruling domain of you come. In top sky, they do as you think. Say, do in this down below ground, doing even that. Today, the food for eating, give. Against us, bad they are doing. Of them, the debts we are canceling. So you, of the bad of us, the debts cancel. Saying, do bad, leading us into the trials that happen, don't go. From the hand of the bad man, you, taking action, get us. The ruling domain and the strength and the light happening later and later are even yours, obviously. Very true. Now, what I just shared with you is what the Lord's Prayer sounds like in the Anga language. And I shared it with you like that so that you could understand what it's like to hear the Bible in a second or third language. I imagine that as you are listening, you probably understood all of the individual words and you got the general idea of the prayer, but you had to concentrate. And even then it was still a bit fuzzy and you didn't grasp the full meaning. What you experienced is exactly what many people in Enga experience when they listen to the Bible in a second or third language. And when we don't understand scripture well, it doesn't penetrate into our heart and it's not there for those times in life when we really need it. Proverbs 3, 27 to 28 says, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you, when you already have it with you. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it is, in, it is within your power to act and help the people of Enga receive the Bible in their own language. And you have already given so much and you've prayed for this project, and for that we thank you. And because of your giving, We've been able to support six Anga speakers full-time in the translation work. And because they're working full-time, we've been able to draft the entire New Testament in under five years, which is a remarkable achievement. But what's ironic is that the passage that I just quoted to you from Proverbs remains untranslated in the Anga language, along with the bulk of the Old Testament. So stories like the creation, the exodus, the kingdom under David, the Psalms, prophetic writings, they all remain clouded to the Anga people in a second language. And so I'm asking you, not the institution of New Break Church, but each one of you who has the power to act, to give, 
and to pray to help the people of Enga receive the Bible in their own language. Thank you and God bless you. That night in the bush hut was a pretty tough night for me. Um, the guy that owned the bush hut uh, was formerly not a Christ follower, had not been exposed to the Word of God, didn't know about Christianity. Uh, his name is Benjamin, and was a, had, had been involved in, he'd killed two people, he'd murdered two people, which is something that happens pretty much almost weekly over there. Uh, when we were there, two different people were murdered. Just, that just happens over there. Tribal warfare. And, 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 but to, to see this guy now, just the most wonderful, loving, kind guy. 70, so here's a, a stat that we heard. It was kind of staggering. 70% of the husbands abuse their wives over there. You think that the word of God hasn't affected America, even with all the craziness of America? 70% of the men. But I watched how Benjamin treated his wife with loving respect, and it was just so much different than the others that just hadn't arrived, hadn't really known the word, word of God yet. That's why, that's why I'm such a believer in this. I know what the effect of the Word of God can do when, when people actually hear it and experience it for the, for the very first time. Again, we go back to, to what Adam himself said. By the way, he's going to be here next spring. Uh, he'll be here with his family, and I can't wait for you to meet him. But in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27, it says, Don't withhold good from those to whom it is due. When it is what? In your power. We've got the power to do something that can make a difference in, in people's lives. Daryl's going to speak one more time. Hey, New Break. We've tried this weekend to bring you in on some of the great things that we have going on here as a part of Kingdom Builders. All the stuff that's gone on with Give Clean Water, over 2 million people impacted. And the call right now, right now to, to solve the waterborne sickness crisis in the 1,300 plus households that are in the country of Fiji as we speak. The government has asked us to be a part of this. And... The president of Liberia has asked us to help them bring clean drinking water to every single school classroom from kindergarten all the way up through university all throughout the country of Liberia. Who gets asked to do that? They just called us and asked us. They asked if we could be a part of the pilot that would help them uh, initiate the, the water in the schools and then they're going to raise the rest of the funds through UNICEF and USAID and the World Bank and, and they're going to be able to do that and cover the entire country in every school. Liberia will be the first developing nation with border-to-border -border clean water in every household, but why not bring it to the schools as well? So here we are. What if your giving to Kingdom Builders each month matched your Starbucks bill? What if it what if it matched your cable and your internet bill? What if it matched your car payment or your mortgage or your rent? As you are able to be generous, we could do some incredible things. Things that have been asked for us, even by governments, to come in and help solve some of these great problems. So that's what's at stake right here. Would, would you join? Would you join us in that? Would you challenge yourself? Look around and, and see all the things that we have living just because we were born or we live in this country that we have all of these things that that are at our disposal i'm telling you right now that the the reason why the world doesn't change and these things are not solved waterborne sickness all those things is not because of a lack of resources it's because of a lack of will would you join all of us this weekend 
with all of our will and all of our resources to come together to change the world in these tangible ways. That is the challenge, and I want to challenge you to, to join us on that journey. So one of these, one of these systems right here costs $25. $25. That could change the life of a family and change the life of the children that, that go to school. Uh, and, and so we are trying to raise quite a bit of money in the next two months. We're trying to raise $120,000. Uh, and that's between all of our, of our campuses. Uh, and so we're just simply asking you to, to you know, search your own, your own heart uh, and, and think about what you can do. If it's in the realm of possibility, as the scripture says, you know, if, if we can do it, we ought, we, we ought to do it. I know my wife and I have committed to doing it for sure. Um, and to the point, extent where it kind of hurt a little bit, but we feel like we should do that. Uh, and, and so I, I want to uh, show you that there are, are different ways of giving. So we're going to receive uh, our offering in just a moment. So here's, here's how the offering is going to work. If you just give the way you normally give, that's what it'll go to, to support the church here and, and all the things that we do and, and, and uh, helping the church to go forward. That's great. But if you want to do something for kingdom builders, then you just need to, you need to designate it. If you're going to write a check, uh, if you're going to uh, give one of these ways, you can do it in person. You can text them out right there. Uh, you, can, you can go online. A lot of people give online here, just in regular giving. Uh, so those are, those are some of the ways that you can give. And you can also do this. You can text. And for those of you that uh, are tech savvy and you like to, to give this particular way, I'm going to leave this up as well. But I want to just pray with you about that and uh, just ask you to maybe ask God what the Lord would have, have you do this day, okay? So... Let's pray. Father, I, I don't even think twice about going to Starbucks. I just walk in and I buy. And there's so many things that I do that because I live here. I live in a great place. My problems, they're first world problems. But Lord, when I go to places like Fiji where they struggle with their water and and, and, and when we go to places like Papua New Guinea where I see that they just don't have the Word of God the way that they need it to really begin to understand a God that loves them and cares for them and wants to give them life, and yet there's so much death there. When I, when I look at other places around the world where we're trying to get involved and we're trying to be you, we're trying to represent you to, to, to be your words and to be your, your, your hug and your smile and your love, to be there, Lord, to, to step in and to help people that are suffering from disease and really lack of education and knowledge, people that are steeped in super, superstition and fear, and yet we are able to do something, God, about it. So help us to be courageous and help us to be generous. Help us to maybe feel a little bit like Carson Cain felt. When he started for a case of beer, the next thing he knew, it went viral. And he knew he'd never be the same. God, may we be people that will never be the same as we begin to get involved in doing something that will give life to other people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.